0: Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow dot Podcast Radio Show. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and today with a very special episode. It's this episode, I still haven't remembered my introduction. I think I've got multiple introductions flowing through my head when I try to do the intro, but you're back, so I appreciate you. All right. In the last update, I was talking about my friend tour and selling out and uh, trying to figure out passion and profit how to how to build a business i'm going to switch the microphone actually so it may get a little noisy for a moment i'm going to try to keep it quiet and not weird um, so just turn down the volume a bit for a moment Ah, uh, all right on the other ear now last episode was pretty long but i'm still in traffic so we're going to keep Going for it. We're getting deep into. I've been spent forty eight minutes on that last podcast, just trying to get to the darn point of whatever I'm trying to say. We'll discover that together, hopefully in this episode. So, okay, a couple of the main themes so far. Theme one, point one, idea one is the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think that's part of it. there is no, not necessarily a right into the sunset moment or goal where just all magically then I just get a like, what happens after the, the sunsets, I guess, or like the, the goal posts keep moving, I guess is another thing. And that's what kind of helped me start to understand and appreciate the now more. And really, yeah, each event and each gig, like, hey, this could be the last gig. This could be, you know, and, and 9-11 happened back then. And I was throwing events back then. And when that happened, everything went dead. Nobody was going out anymore. So the whole industry just kind of took a big hit. You know, everybody was just staying home for a long time. And so, uh, you know, just seeing the way things could shift very quickly. And then they opened the, the baseball park down uh, downtown. And that was supposed to be great for local businesses, but it freaking just crushed a lot of local businesses. And that was really sad to see. So just seeing uh, you know, those kind of things was interesting. Um, point being, so there's kind of like this idea of playing the game. All right, and this is a lesson I've had to learn multiple times over the years because I'm not a good one at playing the game because there's a part of me that is anti the game, whatever that game may be. There's, and I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just trying to share some of my, um, I guess, natural tendencies, right? And it doesn't always work out for myself the best, you know? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it's, it is what it is. So, playing the game. Okay, here's another, another angle. So, Fast forward to six years, five years ago. So I'm recording 2021. So this was like 2016. And Elena was pregnant with our second son. And I was still doing a lot of entrepreneurial, mostly entrepreneurial stuff, teaching music and doing some real estate and doing find your flow stuff, not really, no, I was I was trying, well, I was starting, yeah, I was, I was starting to transition to find your flow, because um, I'd had that as kind of an idea, not the phrase find your flow, but the mission, I think you've probably heard the mission story enough times by now, hopefully, but if not, real quick, I had a big epiphany in 1999, New Year's Eve of 2000, and it really set me off on this whole mission and I didn't know what it was going to be called but I just knew I had to try to document it and I had this flow state experience this peak experience and I just felt like I had to write a book about it I was told in this experience um, as I was floating above my body that my mission was to write a book about this experience and how I could spread this experience of flow into every area of my life and that was the big download I got the big direction and I didn't know how to do it because it's like what the heck I was 21 or 20 no I was 19 1920 somewhere there and never wrote a book before you know didn't know what the heck that was about but started trying to work on a book oh yeah okay so then as we were pregnant with our second child it was like man you know i we 2014 was really really the whole year was just a horrible horrible year for us elena got really her health was horrible um she almost died okay it was just really bad she was in horrible pain and it was probably the hardest year of my life and probably the hardest year of her life as well and i was just beat up you know and worked and stressed and um couldn't couldn't keep going the way i was going you know i didn't have it in me i was tired i was burnt out and i got to the point at 35 years of age where i was finally like you know what I'm ready to get a grown up job I'm ready to get a get a real job. you know i never really had like I'm um, making air quotes what I would consider a real job. you know I worked at Taco Bell, that was my first job other than working for my dad and i had um and that was kind of <laughs> I did a couple tele- telemarketing gigs but um but I was at that point, you know I'd been an entrepreneur my whole life, and this and that, and it's like man, I just wanna not have to worry about always hustling all the darn time I'm tired I just want somebody to just I go there I show up I punch a clock I get paid you know and that's it like I just give me that I just turn turn off the brain here and let me just freaking coast and then magically I ended up getting this dream job I didn't even know that it was a dream to be able to do consulting to real estate investors about internet marketing all day I get to talk to real estate investors and do internet marketing all day that's my day job Which was awesome. Excuse me. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Super awesome. And it gave me a chance to start working on Finder Flow. And the beautiful part for me was if I hadn't broken down to the point of getting a job, I would have been hustling Finder Flow to build it as a business and make enough money to live off of it that was my that's kind of been the way I've done things it's like if I want more students I just do some marketing I get more students if I want more gigs I just do some marketing I get more gigs so I've always been able to to get enough work doing what I wanted to do but as I was trying to level up and charge more and more like I kind of maxed out what I felt like I could reasonably charge as a private music instructor and it was great but I was just getting tired of driving all over town and you know it's just i've been doing it for years and i just wasn't i felt like i wasn't moving forward in life right and or as an artist as a musician you know it it was kind of easy to get lazy because i kept i would get a piano student or a sax student and i'd work with them for a couple years and they'd start to like get okay and then it's like you know time to change teachers at that point and um you know, and it 's time to change students because at that point it 's just yeah it 's good to to mix it up, give them some new experience and so then i 'd always just been working with like new students, and so I never really had to get good and it caused my skills on piano to get really dull, caused my skills on saxophone to get dull, so it wasn 't pushing me as an artist, and i wasn 't pushing myself because i wasn 't playing gigs that were challenging it's all just top forty pop stuff, so it 's like man i 'm just plateauing and so, I got the job. Where are we going with this point, man? Okay, point being corporate America. I got a corporate job, friend. Got a corporate job. I work for a corporation. Now, this happens to be a very entrepreneurial corporation, thank goodness, because otherwise I would not have lasted this long. So, they're all about entrepreneurship and So it's pretty much like the least corporate job. According to my friend who works there, who's had many corporate jobs, he's like, this is the least corporate job that a corporate job could be. So it's like, thank goodness. So that's about all I can handle. So one day, so there was this one guy there who started and uh, he's, you know, about 10 years younger than me, I would guess. Now probably, probably more than that, probably like 15. And, you know, so he's probably in his mid 20s. And uh, you know, really nice guy, funny guy. Um he he was a musician, you know, had a band and they were successful or like just, you know, about to break it big. He got signed. It was the dream. Ha <laughs> here we go. how do we stumble upon this? Okay. So he you know, he had hit that point that all or not all, but many musicians dream of. He got signed. They got signed to a major label. He was the front man, the singer, the guitarist. And wouldn't you know, they're playing this show, playing this gig, and a freaking tree falls on him and his car. Destroys his car, messes up his back, he's now injured and cannot continue really touring. So they had to stop, and then like the other guys had to get day jobs again. And then he was able to kind of finish out the tour doing an acoustic version of what he was doing. But he couldn't jump around or do anything because his back was all messed up. So now here he is doing this corporate job, which turns out, and I didn't realize it till after a little bit, but he freaking hated it, you know. And I always kind of knew he didn't like it because it's like, yeah, he's the quintessential artist that, you know, has to get a day job <laughs> in corporate America. Like every artist's nightmare, kind of, sort of, right? And so it's like, man, I just... I feel for this kid, you know, I'm just looking, I'm just like, yeah, I could see he was like on the verge of the dream. And like he said, and he, he explained it, you know, the way that so many artists do, I, I got signed to the, you know, I, I lived the dream. I got signed to the big thing. I was supposed to just tour for X number of years until I'm too old. And then just ride the, the checks of my royalties into the sunset, you know, and that's like the dream. Right. And, and it got cut short. Like he, he got it, but then boom, a freaking tree, fell on him and stopped it. Is that insane? But is that also life, right? It's like, gosh darn it, can't catch a break. Oh, he did catch a break. Not the right kind of break. Broke a leg, right? Break a leg. Hey, break break a tree. Anyway, so I I still keep in contact with him because I I just love the guy. I freaking love him. I you know I I recognize the struggle. I recognize all that. He hasn't worked there anymore. Why? Because because we got a new manager or he got a new manager and that manager was a corporate man. Like he, this guy has worked in corporate America before he, he understands the corporate game. He knows the way this stuff works. And, uh, you know, he is new in our company, but he took to it, you know, really well. And, um, the other guy, you know, did not take to that whole thing. Well, and, uh, pointed out mistakes or what he deemed as mistakes and inefficiencies or whatnot. And his manager basically got to the point where it's just like, nope, you're fired. And he was, you know, kind of blown away and shocked and let go. And that was that. So uh, point being, point being, ah, okay. So imagine, oh, okay, trying to, draw the lines here without saying too much but letting you draw your own conclusions here, friends. Okay. So in music, this recording I heard recently, uh video I saw, was this artist, and I, I don't know who he was, but um hip hop artist and he was speaking out about this letter that some other hip-hop artists that re- wished to re- remain anonymous had written about what how the music industry really works. And it was this idea that, I, and I had never heard this. Like, I knew elements of this. I believed elements of this. But I didn't ever hear this story. And this was pretty crazy. And the story was that, and I don't even want to tell the story. Um, and I'm sorry to build that up. But, Basically it's like you can go so far before oh okay, here's a way to say it. So pop music. Why what does pop music mean? It means popular, it's short for popular. And as Andy Warhol said about pop music, it's like it's bubble bubblegum. You chew it up, you spit it out. That's how that's how much depth there is in the art that is popular. Right? It's for the people that do, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, right, friend, but the people that aren't thinking hard about the lyrics of a song, right? Hey, let's go party. Okay. (laughs) Party, party, grind, grind. All right. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, hip hop, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's not, they're not saying anything particularly meaningful in pop music, generally speaking, right? We're not breaking down, you know, in our art history class that kind of those themes or those kinds of music right and as an artist at some point there's like you hit that I don't want to say glass ceiling but for lack of a better word kind of a glass ceiling of like how far you can go with your music or art and then you've got some choices to make till you you know for how you want to go about hitting that next level and of course that's different for everybody right but let's say you're trying to be you know a big a big star in here in western culture right and like a Katy perry or a in a, some of you probably don't even know who she was whoever like some big name star name that person at some point you know unless they were self-made they could get self-made to a point but then you want to get on the radio well no you can't just get on the radio because the radio stations are owned by people and they play the same songs over and over And that did not happen by accident, how those songs get played or, you know, chosen. And there are relationships behind the scenes. There used to be what's called payola. And the people, the DJs got paid to play certain songs. Well, somebody who's trying to be an artist and thinking they're going to get rich getting on the radio doesn't understand. They don't get paid to be played on the radio. Maybe they get royalties if they're the artist, but the record label has paid them. Uh, maybe in advance to do the recording but then they charge interest on that they charge for any inventory the marketing is on the uh on the uh artist you know the selling uh the promotion the tour all this stuff the artist actually is responsible for and the label is just kind of helping finance that but with full expectation they're getting paid back and if they're not they're taking that all out of you know the earnings so there's just all these misconceptions about the way this whole thing really works, and you, as a regular artist or person independent, aren't gonna be able to break into that unless you basically you know go in with these guys at that next level, and they're not necessarily gonna take you right It's hard to break into, but they control what that that next level of um of platform right to get on like mainstream radio to get on mainstream tv to get on uh i mean that was basically it for, for a long time right Like get on the radio get on tv to show people what you do well you couldn't do that unless you were with a big uh big name label who had the power to push you into that right you're starting to kind of see where i'm trying to go with this friend so now if you're if you're uh, doing like cool excuse me goodness excuse me um if you're trying to speak about saving the butterflies right and your art and you're passionate about saving the environment and this and that well nobody cares right because it doesn't have a bang and beat and i can't take my girl out on the dance floor and freak her and you know get crazy with it get jiggy with it and you know get faded and you know that whole thing right if if your music doesn't fit into that box, you're not getting any radio play. That's what it boils down to. If you don't fit into this box, you don't play this kind of music, you're not talking about that kind of thing, we're not going to put you on the air. You're not going to go on TV, you're not going to, you know, we're not going to give you any access to to the masses. Okay? There's a bottleneck there. There's control. Certain people have those relationships and you play by their rules or you don't play. Right? Now, can you be an independent artist and build and do this and that? Sure, but then at a certain point, you're going to hit that glass ceiling, right? And if you're not on that that list, that short list, then you're not going to get the callback. You're not going to get the gig. You're not going to get on the radio. You're not going to get on that show. So that's building. We're we're getting there. Finally, jeez Louise. Okay. So, oh. now this is the next industry we're going to bring into this highly conceptualized meanderings of ideas that I'm trying to say without saying. So let's look in, uh, maybe maybe somebody gets into the field of uh, medicine and they're like, oh, well, I could uh, give Oh, here's this homeopathic thing. It works wonders. It's worked for 2,000 years in this culture over here. And I, Oh, and it grows all over the darn place, wouldn't you know, like a weed. Huh, crazy, right? And uh, we could just grow this for free all over and have enough for everybody in the whole world to have enough forever. And that would be easy. Okay, cool. Well, how am I going to make money with that, with you giving it away for free? If I'm a corporate or if I'm a money guy, and I am, right? Big corporate money investor guy. I got money and I want more. Who doesn't want more, right? Just want more of it. So if you're giving away, if if you, if you, I have a company or I have shares in a company and that company happens to produce uh, drugs, legal drugs, pharmaceuticals, let's say, and I'm not dissing anyone in the pharmaceuticals. I got friends in pharmaceuticals. Just stay with me, friend. Then, you know, if you've got this cure that you could grow for free or anybody could grow for free, how am I going to make money off that? If you got this other thing over here and I got a patent on it and I can charge money each time you sell it and sell it to anybody else or license it to companies to make it, then I could get wealthy. Well, now I've got some marketing to do. <laughs> I've got some science to buy. i gotta pay for some stuff that's gonna make that free thing look dangerous or scary or toxic. i'm gonna slam it somehow right i'm gonna take away its credibility. i'm gonna attack people who even you know promote it or talk about it. i'm gonna make them look like quacks i'm gonna discredit them. People are gonna be scared to talk about the good things. that's business that's competition right so now maybe uh maybe i've got doctors that are now uh you know hey doctor you yeah you could give that thing away for free or you could recommend my product and i'll give you uh you know 10 bucks 100 bucks each time you sign somebody up on this subscription prescription i mean and you could make, yeah, you make, let's say, hundred thousand as a doctor, but gosh, you, you know, help me uh, help these people with my product, and now all of a sudden you're, oh wow, people are driving the other way on the freeway. There's something's going on here. This isn't good. Okay, um, oh man, this is nasty traffic. <sighs> good thing we've got uh, each other, friend. So, um that's the license plate right next to me it says got puns oh not very punctual right now friend way late anyway so you're starting to see the framework that we're developing here friend um so I got this thought now I got these doctors and they're pushing my product because they're making money they're incentivized right and if anybody talks out against me they're Decentivized, they're criminalized. I'm gonna bury them. I'm gonna fire them if they work for me. Gosh, don't be telling people about this other thing. You crazy? Oh, they're a quack. Oh, this person's off the deep end. Ah, they're they're not even a real doctor anymore. Oh, we're getting them discredited. We're getting them disbarred or de licensed or whatever. Say so talk about this nonsense. Oh, there's no science to support that. Oh, there is science. Oh, I bury that. Make that look bad. Right? Here's some new science. Who could I hire? Okay, these guys over here. Great. Hey, find me some science that says that this is way better than that other thing. Here's a hundred thousand bucks. Here's a million bucks. I got billions. (laughs) Millions ain't nothing to me. Put a couple doctors on payroll today. I could have science tomorrow. Could hire another company to reconfirm that. Now I got double blind. I got all the science I need to sell this stuff and make billions of dollars. I mean, of course, this is all just fictitious friend i'm just making stuff up just saying what if something like that were to happen <laughs> Not that, it does, right? that doesn't happen in this world that'd be crazy it'd be crazy if people then were scared to speak out because they would lose money or be discredited or personally attacked or doxxed or whatever that, i'm sure that stuff doesn't actually happen crazy if it did though huh you could almost like you could do some pretty crazy stuff if you extrapolate that out Heck, you might be able to take over the whole world doing something like that. You wouldn't even need that many people, would you? You'd probably just find a couple key people in a couple key positions and everybody else would fall right in line, wouldn't they? Especially if you scare them. To scare the crap out of people. Get them to do whatever you want. Not that anybody would ever do that. Who's that greedy? People don't want money that bad, do they? People don't want power that bad, do they? Nobody would do that. People are all good. Nobody would lie to us anyhow friend i'm not trying to be cynical i am sitting in traffic (laughs) Uh, and everybody always oh you're going there oh that's and i say well how long does it take you to get there they say to me i say oh like an hour hour and a half oh why it takes you that long no it should only take you 45 minutes dude where do you live it's freaking california man i've never like that i love the idea that you you're telling me this is going to take 45 minutes Every time, almost every time, I had to make about an hour this morning, hour 10. Here we are an hour and a half into it. Now I'm not getting home till 5.15. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Two hours. This is nuts. Oh, friend, my microphone's not going to last that long even. I can't even, goodness, breathe, man. Oh, are we peaceful yet, friend? Are we in a good place? Must be, because if the, the universe is giving me time to say these things, then this must be, it must be onto something. I'm, I hope I'm setting this up without setting myself up for, you see where I'm going with this, friend? You see see the, the layout? You see the potential pitfalls of this? Some of you do, some of you don't, because some of you may not re- still really understand all all that's going on. And not that I do, right? I'm not trying to say that, but there are certain things that that are very, important conceptually to to start to understand to put things into a proper frame right framing is so important so important if you've ever been in sales or marketing then you probably have some idea of the power of a frame and if you haven't been then this has probably been used on you many times throughout your life without being it is it is it's always being used on you whether you're aware of it or not okay I'll put it like that it always is most people aren't aware of the frames that they're in and how powerful uh, this concept is to, and do I have enough gas? Yeah, okay. Um, To this whole thing, to the whole thing, friend. So I'm going to try to give you some more examples. We're starting to connect a couple dots here or there. Hopefully you're starting to kind of see see how this thing is playing out. All right. Uh, Let's think about this. Frame. Okay. Let's run with the frame for a minute. So, all right, friend. Uh, Well, this is one I use with real estate investors. Eh, it's a little too niche. Let's maybe. Well, this one's like kind of okay, I'll just make this one up, but it'll work a little uh, remedial, but you'll get the you'll get the idea all right so a frame so let's say that um say that I'm trying to sell you a car okay now let's say there's uh, okay okay so a friend here's uh we're in the showroom. You, you walk in. You want to buy a car. Okay, great. I'm a salesperson. Fantastic. What are you looking for? I'm looking for something, you know, fast and shiny and uh, reasonably priced. Okay, that's awesome. Well, we got this car A here. This car is fast and shiny. Um, as you can see, though, it's, it's pretty, you know, this is top of the line. It costs, uh, you know, a lot of money. Um, but it's the best of the best. It's awesome, okay? And here's option B. Uh, this one is not shiny at all, as you can see, but it's very affordable and, um, you know, it'll get the job done. And uh, which one do you want? And so you're like, well, you know, I, I want the shiny, but I don't want to pay that much money. I, I want to save the money, but, I, I, you know, that thing is just not shiny enough. It's not going to get the job done. And, um, you know, we go back and forth, and I I start cutting down the price of, uh, you know, the the expensive one. And then finally, you know, I'm hitting, oh, I bring in the manager. Oh, you know what? Let me bring in my manager. Maybe we can work out a deal. And, and, you know, Mandra comes in and starts throwing some numbers at you. And, you know, 10 hours later, our brains are all fried. And, uh, you know, we're bringing in the, the dinner so that you can have. Um, you know, some food, and, and now we get down to the brass tacks. All right, we're at brass tacks, and we're writing writing the price on the piece of paper, and, you know, you've been just – I've just been whittling you down, beating you down with the price, you know, uh, all day long, <laughs> This, right? Uh, showing you uh, that car that, yeah, you could easily afford that other car, but it's a piece of junk. You don't really want that. You're not going to look very cool in that not shiny car, right? And, um, you know, then eventually – uh, we come to a number and you buy a super shiny car, you spend way more than you wanted to, but it's shiny and, uh, you know, you can't afford it barely, uh, so we extended credit and like did all these things to make it work. We threw in, you know, some racing gloves and, and now you're happy. Okay, great. And then as you're walking out, maybe you see this third car and you're like, well, what the heck? That car is the perfect price and it's shiny. Why didn't you show me that car? It's like, oh, well, you didn't ask about it. It's like, Well you tell me about it? It's like, yeah, because I don't get any commission on that one. So... I framed it to, to show you, I gave you choices. You had freedom of choice, friend, didn't you? You had free will. Nobody's holding the gun to your head. Nobody's telling you you have to do this. You could have chosen any of the cars. But the frame gave you choice A and choice B. We never even talked about choice C. Was it there? Yeah, it was there the whole time. But you didn't see it because I framed it that these are your options that fit what you're telling me. This is a this uh, this happens in magic, and I don't want to give things away because magicians are sworn to secrecy, of course. But this is an important concept: framing, right? The force, uh, not that force, not the force be with you, but um, different kind of force, which you may or may not be aware of that I'm referring to. <sighs> but it happens; it kind of coincides with framing. So. The saying is something like he or she, excuse me, who controls the frame, controls the conversation or controls the the whatever, um, the reality, really. So many of us don't realize when somebody's framing something for us and we think we have choice of freedom. But as it turns out, we are sometimes just being shown A and B. And the person who's over on the side saying like, hey, well, C's right over here. Why don't you go? Co- hey, you, you're fired. Get out of here. Get out of here, clown. You, don't, you no longer work here. Oh, that guy's, you know, he's boozing on the, who knows what that guy's doing. Now I just discredited him, right? Like he's trying to mess up my sale. He's trying to take away money from me, right? He's fired. He's out of here. You're never going to hear that guy. You're never going to hear that dissent, right? Now, what if I have... um Okay, so that was touching on things that hopefully you're picking up what I'm putting down there, friend, okay? Let's see if we can hit it from some other angles. Um, but that's a big one, and that's just one way. So let's maybe extrapolate that. Um, oh, I'm watching Cobra Kai. I don't know if you've seen Cobra Kai, but it's the uh, Karate Kid brought back. Like twenty years later. It's so awesome. Such a good show. I actually blogged about it, but I haven't published that yet either. Because I just was I'm just so I love it. It's so good. So good. And in <laughs> that's probably where I got the, the car theme, car salesmanship theme. So Daniel Russo LaRusso uh has a car I, yeah, has a car dealership in LA. And, you know, that's kind of a big part of the show. And um, where are we going with that? I don't think I think that's just a tangent. All right. Mm. Ah, okay. No, that's too close. Too close to the truth, friend. We can't get too close to the truth. It's scary. I get scared enough. I'm paranoid. And I've always been paranoid. And I think for good reason. It never seemed, yeah. <laughs> the paranoia has served me well. It's given me anxiety, sure. Depression, sure. But I'm still alive and I'm still trying to say things to you, friend. 19, oh, well, there we go. 1984. Main character's name is Winston. I don't know if you knew that I didn't know that till I read it recently and that was a trippy trippy thing to stumble upon and one of the things that really inspired me to finally to buy it a couple of things one was that as I was kind of starting to see the shift happen some of the things that I've been paranoid and warning people about for many years and people just thought I was crazy and I'm fine with that but as I always told them Especially some of my friends that I would share some of my my deep dark secrets and secret thoughts with about things. Um, When I would tell them things about this, it was like very far fetched, right? It's 1984 type stuff, so nothing like so far fetched as hasn't happened (laughs) in other parts of the world, right? Um, Us here in America, or what used to be known as America was uh maybe seemed seemed outrageous or outlandish to people who've been born and raised here and lived their whole life, and I have, but I'm somehow always had certain intuitions or just the paranoia for paranoia's sake, I don't know, but I think certain knowledge certain things experiences and whatnot I think that kind of helped me understand certain things so let's say um well, let's just say what I did, okay, I was on a social media network and i was seeing the direction things were going and to me it was very clear and obvious certain things and i made a joke about it on social media just a just a little comparison between a certain year that i just mentioned and a certain uh search engine and coincidentally i'm sure it had nothing to do with with that I made that comparison. My account then got blocked out. I couldn't access the platform. And that happened for a full day. And then the next day, it was like half dark. So I could kind of see, but I couldn't fully access things. Huh. Maybe other people's accounts are having trouble. No, just mine. Weird. Weird. And then there was this... um, there was another little oh, yeah, this other thing. So it's uh, on a social media network, and I said I posted, I responded to something, and I was trying to help a friend of mine who had said something. Oh, so a friend, a friend of mine had posted something about like how absurd it was that people think. I don't remember exactly but it happened to be something that I do think and I was trying to show this person like I know you think that sounds crazy but this stuff is already happening in other parts of the world and I kind of said something to that effect and then that my friend kind of like realized like oh yeah that is happening in this other country and shared an article about that already happening (laughs) and it's like yeah this is not that far off friends like we like to think we're pretty safe in in this bubble and we have been but it's not it doesn't last forever unless you know like we got to be vigilant we got to be aware awake of what we this good thing we have going called freedom and liberty and how fragile this is and that it's paid for in blood and that we need to protect it and um so then so i i tried to share this thing that kind of took it a little bit to the next level. Like, I'm not trying to cause alarm, but I'm kind of trying to alarm people. <laughs> it's like, you should be alarmed by what's happening. You should be alarmed, right? Uh, that was kind of what I was trying to like, gently as possible lead these, lead my friend to, to understand, like, and then her, the person's mom jumped on too and was like, kind of, you know, getting into it a little bit with me. And, you know, I'm trying to help them see that, like, yeah, I know this sounds crazy, this is already happening in other places and they're gonna be trying to push that here too. And I shared this thing, I don't remember what, but basically it like didn't work. I was like, Oh, okay, just a glitch. I tried to post it again and it blocked it and I was like, What the heck? And then I, I did it like a few more times. I was like, no, this is happening just because of what I'm trying to share right here. Like this is being uh blocked for for one way of saying a word that I don't want to show up in any kind of audio recordings or uh, books that I may publish out of this episode. Um, but you can maybe guess if they're blocking certain kinds of content, certain ideas, not being allowed to be shared. Kind of weird, huh? And when that happened, it sent chills right up my spine, right? It's like, oh, this is happening right now. This is happening. And here's my friend who I've known for years and they're not seeing it because of this, other because of the frame because of the frame they're not able to really understand what's happening in this moment it's it's comical it seems from their perspective like that that what i'm trying to share is not i'm not being allowed to share it and then this and so you know friend if you've listened to this show gosh if you're listening still to this episode even um you probably have <laughs> the patience of a saint um you probably also realize that i kind of roundabout try to say what I'm trying to say for a number of reasons um and then you probably realize that uh it takes a lot of mental gymnastics to bring it all back home sometimes where are we going friend we are so so I shared oh oh okay so so we're on this social network right and we're having this kind of like you know back and forth and then this person who i don't know comments i of not know oh, oh, oh so i i i'm a big picture guy right i'm not a geneticist or a uh, scientist or you know i don't know any of that stuff that's not my realm i don't mess with it but i'm a big idea person right and i can see patterns very well and i can predict things Uh, fairly well because of the patterns right recognizing patterns early being able to extrapolate things into the future extrapolate where things came from you know reverse engineer and that gives me a lot of um, different perspectives that I'm able to draw from right I think that's one of my skills and so this so I'm talking in kind of generalities about this thing and I can't even say the thing friend Okay, can't even say the thing because then it could definitely be picked up in ways that are that could make it so I can't say the things and share ideas. Okay, you with me, friend? And um, so this person who is not part of this conversation out of nowhere like comes in and starts like, oh well, that's not the way that works. You need this kind of genetic thing or this and this, and it's like yeah, great. You know what? Like, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not a scientist. So I'm not trying to argue with you on some BS, like smokescreen argument that you're trying to throw up here, straw man, like, like, get over yourself. And then this person links to and so I basically like, went back at that person, like, you're missing the whole point, because you're being, you know, obnoxious. (laughs) I said in kind of a nicer way. And this person then links to Oh, and I linked to some to some stuff, right? I linked to some stuff to try to help them understand where where I'm coming from. Uh, and you know, without getting stuff that would actually I was allowed to post because the other link wasn't was being un uh unshown. I wasn't able to have it shown and shared. Okay. And I'll point out, this is not political. This was not, had nothing to do with politics. So if you're thinking maybe that had something to do with uh, content or ideas not being able to be shared and shown, then that's, that's not what this was about at all. Okay. Um, but yet somehow it kind of was, <laughs> right? So, so this person then like links to this Wikipedia site and it, it, and it's, it's, this article. And I'm just like, how can, like, people think this is real? people like you realize anybody can go onto wikipedia and change anything or write anything and you know falsify things like you realize this is like public access (laughs) news public access uh science and facts that you're you know easily manipulatable and yet this is your this is your big argument like you're you're missing the the trees through the forest kind of thing right and then I started like thinking more about it and like how this person kind of came into the conversation and how these other things were not shareable and like all these things started clicking and I realized like this person is not my friend and, and you know I didn't look until afterward I never went back to look to see if that person was even a friend of my friend um, or if it was just some random bot uh, or person in another country who was being paid to do exactly what they did, right, friend. Because that happens, right? There are people perhaps in other areas that get paid to, for lack of a better word, be trolls towards certain ideologies perhaps on certain platforms. That could happen, right? It's possible. I mean, I don't know who might want to pay for something like that. I mean, if I was a person who had a business and I thought that I could have more power and influence, perhaps I would pay people to like my page or to, uh, you know, comment, give me a review, right? That's marketing. Nothing wrong with that. Do that all the time. Um, maybe I could find, Hey, you know what? I could hire this, uh, this doctor to, uh, you know, try my thing and they like it. They say, yes, now I've got an endorsement from a doctor. Could help me sell some more products. Give me some credibility, right? Excuse me. All right, friend. Oh my gosh, I'm in so much. This is this is. Uh, why? Why? It's the traffic, sorry. Well, the, the other stuff too. <laughs> why? Why? But I know why. Maybe you do too. Maybe you're starting to. Maybe you, you're on the same wavelength. And you figured out what what we're talking about here, friend. Maybe you don't. Maybe I have no idea. I'm just talking about whatever but I've been talking for a while my throat's getting dry I have some bang left but it's probably warm by now and I'm like two hours away from home somehow I've been driving already for an hour and a half gosh darn it friend gosh darn it what the heck I'm gonna just whine and complain to you no I'm not I'm gonna call it a day all right friend it's been real no let's let's bring it back up real quick let's find something positive and happy to end on because because there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, okay, to the left, boom. That's Vietnam veteran. Boom, Purple Heart. I see stickers on a truck. American flag. God bless America. All right, that's awesome. Love seeing it. Love seeing it. All right, what else is going on here? That's it. Yes, you. Kind of heard me say a bunch of stuff. Hopefully, friend, you can get you know, right back. But here's the thing, friend. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up. You've been awesome. We're in this together, okay? We're all in it together, and you're awesome. I appreciate you. Be safe. Be positive, right? Because amazing stuff is bound to happen. You know, we gotta maybe go through some stuff in the meanwhile. But try to be patient with people, right? There's a lot of um, confusion, misdirection, framing happening that can really impact people in a lot of ways that are not positive and can maybe cause friction out there. And so us flowers uh, are the people who can synergize that and help people unite yes, and be flowing. So thank you, friend, for listening. I truly appreciate you. You're awesome. I wish you all the best in the world. And until next time, my friend, be flowing